0: I'm Jordan Ferguson
1: and I'm Kit McKinnon
0: and you are listening to the geek down podcast. What's up, Geeky D's? Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. Joining me on the other line, Caitlin McKinnon.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: We hate Skype.
1: We hate Skype. It also sounds like I'm talking out of a tin can.
0: I hate it so much. Caitlin's down the well right now. Um, <laughs> all, all Patreon donations will go to the, uh, you know, Timmy Turner... <laughs> <laughs> Little Timmy Turner Memorial Fund to get Caitlin out of the well she's currently in,
1: or snacks. I'll just I'll, su- I'll suffice <laughs> with snacks.
0: <laughs> we throw, throw in our snacks down the well. Uh, yeah, life happened. Jordan had some oh, things to right. do. Had to go get some leadership development.
1: Yeah, you did at
0: major Canadian retailer because you know I'm, I'm management at Jace now. They wanted to make sure I could lead. I could democratically tell people when they suck, among other things. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I love those sessions.
0: So I had to go spend my entire afternoon, Sunday afternoon and evening off doing that, which meant we had to re- resort back to ye olde standby, the Skype call, to make sure you got an episode in a timely fashion, friends.
1: But I feel like every year now people can, look, they can look forward to something. One point in the year we're going to do a <laughs> Skype call. One point in the year somebody's going to be sick.
0: It's our yearly uh, Skype call.
1: Sorry? Yeah, it's our yearly Skype call. That's right. See? We've checked it off the list.
0: (laughs) Let us never do it again. If you would like to hear a bunch of other episodes that sound way better than this one's going to sound, there are a couple ways you can do that. First and foremost, SoundCloud.com. Give us a follow on there. You will get a notification every time a new episode goes live. As well, iTunes. Sorry, we don't call it iTunes anymore. Jesus Christ, the ghost of Steve Jobs is coming for me. (laughs) Apple Podcasts. Head on over there. You can get to it easily from the SoundCloud page. Just click subscribe at SoundCloud. It takes it Apple Podcasts. Hit subscribe again. New episodes downloaded directly to your device whenever they go live.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't destroy the magic. It's not, it's not that they're downloaded.
0: <laughs> Delivered. That... Sorry.
1: Thank you. Ruining it for all the kids out there.
0: Okay, sorry children, no, not downloaded, uh, delivered magically via the Rainbow of Friendship, carried in a satchel by a magical elf named Chauncey.
1: Chauncey the Geek Down Internet Elf.
0: Who will just scatter them and smash them directly into your ear hole.
1: Whoa, 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 no smashing.
0: Is that too no violent? Sm-
1: he's, he's going to forcefully insert <laughs> them.
0: But with respect.
1: Yes, and some caressing. He
0: respects the and listeners. Some-
1: Something about their ears being delicate flowers and the podcast being the bee. Something. Something along those lines. There's something very of, summer.
0: There's so much soft cartilage in there. He's he's aware of that. He's mindful of it. And you and you, are, you will never have to worry about any injuries sustained through your Geek Down podcast delivery.
1: Except if you live in Australia and a snake nearly gets <laughs> you because you're laughing at us too hard.
0: Watch for snakes. Friends, listen. I'm going apologize right now because not only... Do we have to do a Skype episode? We are both very warm.
1: We are very warm.
0: The warm season has come to Toronto again. Although, we got started a little late today because the homie Mr. Malash had called me on his way home from work. Whereas right, we were supposed to get started. Uh, Mr. Malash, very excited for the warm season to come to Toronto. He apparently greatly enjoys uh, Jordan and Kate complaining about the heat for 15 minutes at the start of every episode. <laughs>
1: That makes exactly one person who's excited about this.
0: You're out there on your own for that, my friend. Um, (laughs) The only good thing about Kate not being here in weather this hot is uh, it becomes clothing optional around here. Because we are mad shirtless (laughs) while we record this. Sorry, friends, but this is the reality of my life.
1: I am wearing a tank top and a very nice skirt.
0: I... Women make out so... I don't want to say easy, but, like, I wish I could wear skirts.
1: Hey, do it up this year. Wear a kilt. It's a good look.
0: I might. I mean, the the only shorts I have are, like, mad baggy anyway, so who cares if it's, like, got a separation between my legs.
1: Right? Right? It's a good... You get the up breeze really nicely. It's good.
0: I would kill for up breeze. Listen, friends, we're going to save you the 20 minutes about, uh, you know, residential airflow Caitlin and I had before... (laughs) before we started today, but we got to figure out something. I need to like, I have to need to unlock the, uh, you know, the puzzle box of, uh, fan positioning in this apartment this year. It's going to be
1: gonna oh yeah, be good no, times. Airflow is very important. Airflow. Um, uh, if you have a ceiling fan, there's actually a particular way you're supposed to make it go for summer versus
0: winter. Okay. But I'm flipping it this year because what I Flip think it. I'm aware of this see now we're just having the conversation anyway, but this is what you come <laughs> <laughs> it's what you come here for friends um, so yeah, you're supposed to like have it blowing down in the summer and then yeah. I don't know if that's clockwise or counterclockwise, but like and then you're supposed to have it spin the opposite way in the winter because that's supposed to suck air up. I think because it always is so much cooler outside than it is in this apartment, I think maybe I'm j- just like end up creating a wall and I'm not getting any air from outside into the apartment right because it's just it's blowing down from the ceiling. The oscillating fan is blowing towards the f- window as well. Like it's just, everything's going out and no, no cooler air is coming in. So I'm going against the grain and I have, uh, I'm experimenting with just leaving it on the winter setting, which is in theory supposed to suck in and up in hopes that maybe that will bring more from outside in. I don't know how it's going to work. We're going to see, but friends, if you've you got any, any homeowners out there, if you've got any tips about, uh, you know, airflow in small spaces, please get at me.
1: Um, but that's enough for airflow talk with Jordan Kate. Um, I think we should probably move on to news.
0: Well, we got a little business first. Oh, do we? We got to shout somebody out, Caitlin.
1: Oh, who do we have to shout out?
0: We got to shout out Gina.
1: <gasps> I forgot
0: that we hadn't done that yet. We had not done that yet. We have a new patron over at patreon.com slash geekdownpod. The lovely, and- the talented Gina Sheen.
1: Does she want us to know? Does she want us to to call out both her first and last name?
0: Uh, we've said everyone else's first and last name. Okay.
1: <laughs> she knew what she was in for.
0: She knew what she was. She knew what she was getting into. Uh, thank you so much for joining the Geek Down family, Gina. We appreciate it.
1: We appreciate you. We appreciate your contribution, and um, thank you so much for thinking that we were worth it.
0: Gina uh, joined the. $1 tier doesn't seem like a lot. Guess what? Still means the world to us.
1: Oh, it's it's massive. Any time that someone takes the time to go there, take a look, decide to contribute, like it just it absolutely means the world to us.
0: Friends, maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you're like, "You know what? I can't really afford that much and a dollar just seems not worth it." No, a dollar is worth it. Oh, yeah. A dollar a month, I'm going to go out on a limb. It's a 90% chance you might not even notice it's gone.
1: Oh, you definitely won't know it's gone.
0: But it means... It's like
1: years from now, you'll be like, what's this $1 charge <laughs> on my account? What is this? I don't know. What
0: is this $12 I spent on Geekdown last year? What is that? But month to month, won't even notice it's gone. Less than a cup of coffee. And we give you like seven hours of content a month.
1: Yeah. Seven hours
0: of content. That costs you less than a movie. Costs you less than your Netflix subscription.
1: And it makes us really happy.
0: Makes us so happy. You've seen Caitlin McKinnon. You've seen her face. You've seen her smile. Her smile lights up everything around her. Don't you want to make that smile happen all the time?
1: And you can tell I'm smiling right now because it sounds that way. Apparently, according to my mother.
0: When you smile, when you speak, the listener can tell. You know she's smiling. I am. And it also makes me happy. The corner of my mouth might upturn by like three degrees.
1: My God. Don't pull a muscle.
0: It might happen. All it costs you is a dollar a month.
1: I'm actually smiling so much that my cheeks hurt.
0: (laughs) That that happens to you frequently.
1: It's actually true. It's because my cheeks are so big. It's like lifting weights.
0: (laughs) Cheek lifts. Do sets of cheek lifts three times a week. It's true. All right. News. What do we got? We're going to really try to make this a shorter episode this week, friends, even though apparently none of you want light and tight, but
1: (laughs) there's like two people out there who are like, yeah, maybe uh, an hour so I can, you know, do a thing for an hour. Actually, I have to say what I've been doing some working out. It's it's a weird thing. I don't even want to talk about it, but my workouts are usually about an hour Uh and I, I can say that it is kind of sad when I'm listening to the show. And I have to, I have to stop it because it's the end of my workout.
0: Why don't you just it's, keep working out?
1: Because um, I'm a fatty, and <laughs> it's, it's really hard on my body.
0: Are you stretching properly?
1: Yes. You add your stretches the, into that. That's no the stretches are part of the workout.
0: Well, we won't delve do too deep into your uh, workout regime, but shouts to you, shouts to you for self betterment.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that.
0: And just be careful. We remember what happened with Zumba.
1: Oh, yeah. I severely injured myself. I desperately wanted to go back to Zumba, but she never started it up again.
0: There are no other Zumba classes in Hamilton?
1: Uh, Yeah, but then I have to meet new Zumba people.
0: New Zumba people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was hard enough with the old ones, and I tried not to be awkward, but it didn't work, and I was awkward most of the time, and yeah, it wasn't good.
0: Once you find your Zumba people, you just want to stay with your Zumba people.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, news.
0: Hey, what's happening besides Black Panther?
1: Um, terrible mummy reviews.
0: Oh my god! No, I have something about that. But you start off.
1: Okay. Um. So terrible mummy mummy reviews, which is amazing because we know how I am a fan of not the original mummy, but the nineteen. Was it nineteen ninety nine? Nineteen ninety
0: nine. Yes. Listeners, um, you will recall we just talked about this movie like you know, two, three weeks ago.
1: Yes, we actually have a tendency to do that. We'll talk about something and then, you know, something else will happen. And one of the reasons I thought about it was because of the new movie coming out, Um, which I hear is terrible. But um, Gail Simone in particular. This
0: is the story I was going to tell. Okay, yeah. So you go then.
1: So Gail Simone, um, who is a uh, unbelievably well-known American comic book writer.
0: She's one of my heroes. I adore her. Yeah
1: she's amazing um it wrote these amazing basically twitter reviews yeah. um and it was just they were progressively getting <laughs> worse and worse scenarios um and at the end it was just basically hey by the way guys did i mention i saw the mummy um but she still kind of just, liked it yeah she came
0: away from it saying it was terrible but it was it was a fun kind of terrible let's uh i have them in front of me actually because like i said this was the uh This was what I was, because I was howling today, reading some of these. Uh, So the mummy is like gluing a bunch of smoke alarms to your head while your ugly cousin whacks them with a wooden axe handle. (laughs) Uh, The mummy is like lighting the fuse before you suddenly remember all the firecrackers are in your butt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The mummy is like when you go to your high school reunion and the hottest guy turns into eight turds in a glad bag. (laughs) So Gail, Gail had a lot of thoughts about The Mummy.
1: Yeah. Um, so, And apparently that is sort of not specifically that, her writing, but it's on par with the other reviews that are coming out, which is just like that it's terrible.
0: It's kind of a um, consensus, yeah.
1: Yeah. So which we I kind of thought when I saw it <clears throat> or saw the trailer, and I probably won't see it until it comes out on Netflix. Um, but if you've seen it, you can let us know.
0: Yeah. Are, anybody out there want to go to bat for the mummy
1: yeah and and this mummy not the 1999 mummy because that that's a great movie um, but yeah that's that's about it for the mummy um, I have that uh, Wonder Woman is still doing well which is awesome I did end up seeing the movie
0: and you want to get into that now
1: uh yeah because Caitlin mm-hmm. you did
0: not seem as rapturous as the critical consensus
1: I I feel like it's one of those things where it's the same, you know what, it's the same thing that's going on with American Gods. Mm. It was good. It was fun. I had a good time. But it wasn't, like, spectacular. There's
0: going to be a lot of concerns about our brains being broken on this episode, I feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand how, like, I'm I'm so happy it's doing well. Unbelievably happy it's doing well. And I'm absolutely excited that people are loving it as much as they do but it's i just didn't think it was that good i don't know maybe i am broken
0: well what was it lacking for you um uh
1: the 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 villain wasn't wasn't that great um i wanted I don't know. I wanted it to be so much... Maybe I I wanted it to be so much more, like, just the dialogue. Like, the dialogue was okay, but I wanted the dialogue to be so much better. Um, like, it wasn't Joss Whedon dialogue, right? Mm. Like, that's the upper, upper levels of dialogue. Um, uh, Gal Gadot was fantastic. She was absolutely fantastic. Um, I guess I just wanted more... I wanted more of... Their, uh Themyscira and the Amazons because they were amazing, and I don't know. I guess I wanted more. Hey, maybe I just wanted more training.
0: <laughs> more montage.
1: Yeah, I wanted more montage. Um, there was a there was an outfit montage that was fantastic.
0: Ooh, makeover, makeover, yeah.
1: makeover, makeover. Um, but a good makeover montage. Uh, yeah, and. There were some weird parallels to, and and people have brought this up, but weird parallels to Captain America, the the first Captain America movie. Yeah,
0: because it's World um, War One setting, or World War a World War.
1: Yes, this one's the World World War One Captain America. Of course, is World War Two, um, but there were just some other weird things as well. I wanted the cast of characters. She was with like they have a little band of characters. I wanted them to be a little bit better. I don't know. They just there was some stuff that was lacking, right? It was good. It just wasn't as amazing as I think other people are saying it is. That's all.
0: Could also just be a thing where, like, for a lot of people, maybe they don't go as deep into these sort of stories as you have. You've watched a lot of the animated stuff. You've seen. You've read enough comics some you've liked, some you've hated uh, takes on the character, but I mean, yeah, you've seen a lot of takes on this character for a lot of people going into this. Maybe it's their first time seeing this character and the fact that it wasn't a train wreck and it did well and it was a woman director and just all made for feel good, happy, fun time for everyone.
1: Now I haven't seen any other uh, DC movie except for that first Superman movie.
0: Yeah, neither. Um,
1: But a I mean, I could see how this could be the best one, right? Like it, it, it like I said, it was good. It was fun. Um, and they did pull things both from the animated – some of the animated stuff I've seen. And I found out while I was talking to a friend of mine at work, some stuff from the comic books as well. I mean, generally from the comic books, but there's one scene in particular with ice cream. And that, I saw – That's it, been
0: used a few times. Yeah, we've seen it in, a, in an animated one.
1: Yeah, anime, it was – It was the um, Justice League War. Yes. I think that's what it was. And she has the ice cream. She's like, you should be very proud. It was one of my favorite scenes of that animated film. And apparently that comes straight out of uh, a comic. Um, So, And I didn't know that.
0: Might be a Gail Simone comic even.
1: Maybe. Could be. Um, But yeah. So again, there were good things. I love when they actually draw from classic what I would think of as classic material so comic book material um and they did they seemed to do a good balance of merging a lot of the uh, mythos of of uh Wonder Woman um and presenting it to a really wide audience and that was all really awesome um but yeah there was just things bits and pieces that were lacking for me and that's all
0: well, That's never one
1: analysis.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a kick punch for, for Wonder Woman?
1: Oh, a kick punch. Uh it was a seven.
0: Seven? Yeah. All right. If you got a problem with Caitlin's hot take on Wonder Woman, if you want to get at her about that. She won't see it, but feel free to uh hit us up <laughs> on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Email geekdownpod at gmail dot com or on our Facebook group which is at WWW dot Facebook dot com forward slash
1: geek down pod
0: we're still on it people it's just skype has like a half second delay
1: it does you'll notice as you listen i actually can't listen to the skype episode i try i've tried twice and i can't do it
0: (laughs) that lag is like oh god it's so awful
1: yeah yeah it's really bad some people uh, do this
0: all the time podcasts that make more money than us do that do this all the time
1: i just i don't understand it how you don't get that same
0: vibe right we bust though our ass to give you that vibe, people. Listen, we're talking I, over each other all the time. We can't see <laughs> each other. We're missing visual cues. Like we are, we are like very in sync when we're in the same room together.
1: Yeah, but also though, I've got to say, not only do, do these podcasts not have the same vibe as we do in the same room, they don't have hot talk with Jordan <laughs> and Kate like we do. Uh,
0: I think the I, I think the read does, but. <laughs>
1: what does
0: the Reed, crystal and kid I fury know. i think they i think they devote a lot of time to the weather
1: oh well there you
0: go they're both from uh crystals from oklahoma and kid fury's from miami so every winter they <laughs> they are not fans of new york winter and i have never howled like i have listening to them complain about <laughs> new york city winter <sighs> uh moving on on news there's really only like one other thing left to talk about never one to let dc have too much fun Marvel knew exactly what they were doing when they dropped that black Panther trailer out into the world on like Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah. Or last Thursday or Friday.
1: It was amazing. It's pretty effing good. Um, I mean, not that, sorry, the trailer was pretty good. I don't mean the trailer was amazing. I just was really excited about the trailer. Um, Senior correspondent was like, Hey, have you seen the black Panther To And I was like, no, I haven't. So we watched it immediately. Um, And yeah, I liked it. I liked a lot of the visual stuff. Um, Some of it, I wasn't quite clear about what was going on. Visually, I mean, like what they were using. I I think it's going to be a really visually interesting film. Mm. And I'm excited for Wakanda. I just am so excited for Wakanda.
0: I'm excited for ample use of Run the Jewels in the soundtrack.
1: Uh, yes, that was all. I was actually thinking about you when I when I was listening to it.
0: <laughs> Made Jordan real happy. Uh, yeah, so I mean that movie is going to be incredible and will likely demolish box office in ways that baffle commentators, much like Wonder Woman has. Um, commentators also, were like, "What? Women want to go see movies
1: about superheroes? What? It's just stupid." What I really love about T'Challa. And I think I've talked about it many times before. It's not just that he is uh, like a a superhero and super smart and comes from like an advanced civilization, basically, and has all this information about advanced technology and is like a UN ambassador. But he's also a king, right? Like he's that's you don't get to see as much of that um, in comic
0: books. No.
1: So, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, also, uh, that casting for that movie is pretty amazing. Oh,
0: well, I don't know who any of those people are, All those who any of those characters are supposed to be, but I love all of them like immediately.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know who the characters are, but I just, I'm just saying like the, the casting period is just an amazing cast of actors. So I'm excited about that too.
0: And just, I mean, as happy as I was waking up on, you know, Friday morning as the Twitter reaction from the early wonder woman screenings was coming in and just like all these women were so happy with that. This thing existed. I had a similar reaction the day after the black Panther trailer dropped where suddenly all these black folks were just like super amped. (laughs) And like, what was the one thing I saw, man, if you think you're mad, if you think, if you think you're mad about women, only screenings of wonder woman, wait till black Panther come out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, they're funny enough. uh, We were talking about these, you know, Commentators being confused by things, so there's been some backlash after the trailer. Some really stupid back- backlash saying you the
0: trailer. Don't say.
1: Oh yeah, uh just saying that the trailer is uh specifically the word the the words that were used were uh, at one point too black and too militant.
0: Militant, yes, I did, do think I heard that at some point.
1: Well, they they were pointing in part to the there's this like poster for black panther where t'challa is in on like a a throne Mm. and they're like oh he's he they're trying to make him look like huey p newton like Mm -hmm. an homage but i'm like no he's a king he's in a throne it's about him being a king and a superhero what do people not understand i was very frustrated and even if it was who
0: cares? Who care? that there you go thank you for coming back around to my position <laughs> like yeah. even if they were like you know what the character is called the black panther so we're gonna give a nod to the group which was also called the black panthers uh who cares yeah who cares be- what, what's your line caitlin white white guys you need to sit down
1: <laughs> they should, no white guys need to calm down
0: i think it was sit down i think i think you were, i think you made a little more sass on it when you brought it up <laughs> yes white folks just just relax just yeah, relax.
1: everything is for us. Just like, you know what? Let people into the club. How about that? Let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya. Or maybe not. Just Or just hang out and dance. And eat snacks. Let's hang out and eat snacks. Have, and
0: have some fucking snacks. I went out and bought some snacks today because, listen, it's fucking hot in here. And bootleg sparkling lemonade and some Doritos are the only thing that's going to get me through this sweltering evening.
1: You know what? Hmm. That might be the problem. White guys just don't eat enough snacks. They're just hangry all the time.
0: They're they're at they're at the gym. They're living on protein powder.
1: And you know what? That's probably the problem with those, you know, right wing. Nazi folks, they just need to have some snacks. Next time you see a Sons of Odin member patrolling your streets, just go up with some snacks. I'm sure it'll go fine. Throw
0: a fucking can of Pringles at them and be like, relax, bruh.
1: Have some salt. Have some electrolytes.
0: Wow. Now that we've solved all of society's ills.
1: Yes. And who knew it was going to be through snacks.
0: Do we want to take a break?
1: Uh, I, I, once I let people know that yes, senior correspondent sometimes picks me up, and before he'll talk to me, he gives me a muffin because <laughs> <laughs> he knows I'm just always angry.
0: Lessons for life: lead with a muffin. That's good. That did not come up in my leadership training. It should have.
1: <laughs> yes, always. If you want, if you want to have a reasonable conversation with someone, make sure they're not hungry. This is why I don't understand lunch meetings. <laughs> stupid have
0: the meeting after lunch when everybody's got that oh. itis and they're no they're drowsy Ten,
1: or 10 o'clock people have had breakfast or they've grabbed like a granola bar they're they're good to go it's way before lunch so nobody should be hungry no one has itis so no one's falling asleep it's a perfect time to have a meeting anyways all right yeah We should probably move on to the second half of the
0: show. We're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the things Caitlin and I brought each other. A little different this week. I kind of went off book. You'll be wondering. I'm sure you have questions, listeners. You're looking at the title of this episode. You're thinking to yourself, didn't he go the fuck in on that show last week? Yeah, I did. He did. So we're going to find out if Caitlin thinks I'm wrong or not. We're going to do that when we come back after this break.
1: Welcome back to the show. Again, I'm sorry I sound this way. I feel terrible about it. But suck it up. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, it is. This this year, like many weeks, we do this show. It's a little bit of a crazy mix. Um, but we will talk about that in one second. Because I am I am starting the crazy mix. First... We need to lay down our ground rules.
0: We have rules. Three of them. Yes,
1: we do. Uh, The first rule is the rule of three, which is the rule that if what we give the other person comes in episodes or some kind of series, that they will take the time and read, watch, look at three of them.
0: Give the thing a chance to be the thing.
1: This is particularly in the case of television shows that usually have their first episodes of pilot and they don't really know what they're doing yet. It usually takes at least three to really get in there. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We were pretty good this week. No, no spoilers. No, oh my God, Caitlin, the thing you gave me is the most amazing thing ever. None of that.
0: That definitely did not happen. No,
1: no, no, it didn't. Um, to my, my continued <laughs> sad, sadness, uh, Jordan has never once messaged me saying oh my god this is amazing basically we save all of our commentaries um all of our rage all of our excitement for the show so you guys get the first first look at it
0: freshest Um, takes
1: the freshest takes that's the way jordan puts it um the third rule which isn't really a rule it's more of a policy is there will be spoilers
0: There are gonna be spoilers
1: this is important, particularly for the first thing, because it is a mystery, and therefore, if you love mysteries and you don't know about this one yet, you're not going to want the mystery to be spoiled for you.
0: And it's getting redone, like and it's year. getting
1: redone. So. Yes, it's it's it's. I think it's already done. It's come out. There's a trailer out for it.
0: Is there?
1: Yes, there is. Um, the second thing is that Jordan, what he gave me is is quite new. So uh, if you yeah. don't.
0: The episodes you yeah. watched are like a year old, but I mean it's it seems to be surging in uh in hype. It's, uh, this it's year. basic
1: it's not as old as the thing I gave you.
0: No, no, no.
1: No. So it's still kind of new in the what do we call it? The the nerdosphere? <laughs>
0: the, so if you don't want- of geekery. <laughs>
1: yeah so if you don't like spoilers at all in any way whatsoever now would be the time to go to your fancy swimming pool and cool off in your ac and have a juice box
0: yeah you're probably just you know living life right so yeah get the hell away from our poor asses sweltering in our our shoe boxes
1: central air
0: oh listen we appreciate you as listeners but at the same time fuck y'all yeah with your central air
1: anyways uh on to what i brought jordan yeah um so as we mentioned you're such a grandma (laughs) this hey no no this is being made into a move well it has been made into a movie um that is coming out i think probably next year or maybe later this year Um, I really don't care because it looks terrible Uh, and nothing will ever top what I'm about to talk about which is the uh, 2010 adaptation of Murder on the Orient Orient Express
0: This came out in 2010? Yeah How long has this dude been playing Poirot?
1: Uh, He's been playing Poirot since uh, 1989 God damn Uh, David Suchet is who we were talking about and he's been playing Poirot from since 1989 to 2013. He did um, a a, a, um, a one hour adaptation, which is what the Poirot's so a one hour to one and a half hour. Um, basically, it, it's a television show, but it's done in these one hour to one and a half hour specials. And he actually did um, uh, one of the books, the Agatha Christie books. Um, it's called like Poirot's last mystery or something like that. And he actually, he he did it in 2013.
0: Yeah. So, I um, mean, like, listen, you, you know, this guy to see him. Cause after you go to your grandma's house to like have dinner on Sundays <laughs> and you're sitting around, you know, having a glass of wine with grandma and she just has PBS on. This is what's airing. This is and- what's
1: on. And, okay, so I'm going to go in. There's going to be three steps in the way I talk about
0: this. Oh, Jesus, there are steps.
1: Yes, there are. (laughs) So the first step is, so Agatha Agatha Christie. I have given you another Agatha Christie, which was uh, Miss Marple. And she's well-known for two, really two characters, Miss Marple and uh, Hercule Poirot. Um, She was an English crime novelist. She's written 66 detective novels. Um, and that's only the detective novels. She's also, there's like, she has 14 short story collections. She's run uh, written romance novels, plays. The Mousetrap is one of the longest running plays in the world. Um, she is the best-selling novelist of all time. And she really, um, she really thought of herself as an entertainer. So the mysteries and her characters in part were about entertaining murder on the orient express is probably one of the best well-known mysteries right everyone's even if you you don't know it well you've heard of it and it does star hercule poirot in probably his most famous uh role um basically what happens in the story is that poirot has to take the orient express Um, from where he is, I believe, in Budapest, back to London. Um, It's it's basically the Orient Orient Express, for those who don't don't know. It's a a long-distance passenger train. There's actually been several of them through history, but it's basically a a long-distance train through Europe. And in this case, there is a snowdrift. The train has to stop, and they discover that a murder has been committed. And basically, it's up to uh, Poirot to solve who who has murdered this this man on the train.
0: Um,
1: The adaptation, the 2010 adaptation, um, for those who were interested, the series of um, adaptations of Agatha Christie's Poirot done for ITV and uh, PBS, or WGBH, whatever you want to call it, um, it's called Agatha Christie's Poirot. And all of the the specials are uh, have David Suchet playing Poirot. Claro. The ad, this ad, adaptation, even from the rest of the um, episodes, is pretty uh, religious. There's a lot of religious imagery. Uh, religion plays more of a role in it than the other episodes, though. You see it a little bit in the later episodes. I think from about 1993 on. Um, David Suchet actually specifically asked that religion start to play more of a role in, in the, with the character and in the stories. Really? Um, yes. I'll get to that in a second. The adaptation is way darker than other adaptations. Um, and this episode is way darker than other Poirot episodes. They're actually usually kind of fun. <laughs> and like... <laughs> well, they, they are. I mean, they're about murder, but they're, they have that um, slight fun of murder she wrote without the hokiness, and there have been lots of changes made to the uh, adaptation um from the book so that like the year has changed and certain character characters have changed names have changed and the ending is very different than in the book
0: um yeah we'll talk about that when we get to it because yeah
1: It is important. Um, so David Suchet, he's an English actor. Um, he, When he started playing the role in 1989, he was actually warned against it because all the depictions of Poirot up until that point were silly. He was like this, this fat Belgian, fat little Belgian man. Um, they're always played f- almost for laughs. And he wanted to bring Agatha Christie's character to life. The Poirot in the books is much more interesting. He's, you know, he has more um, more of a realness to him. He's, he's a prickly a little, little bastard. Yeah. And he, you know, he says, he, he always says in the books, um, he's a good Catholic, which is one of the reasons why David Suchet wanted to bring religion more into it. It was a big part of the character. So, yeah, he wanted it. He wanted him to be a real person as opposed to just this silly character um that's just uh uh, who's always you know they they have a tendency or used to have a tendency to make people who who solve crimes or fought crimes to be like an all-around good guy no he's a bit of a stuck-up asshole sometimes and and that was part of the way david Suchet played him and with the exception of one short story by Agatha Christie, they have adapted every single story that Poirot has been in. So that's my little, like, breakdown for you. Jordan, hmm. thoughts? Thoughts? What did you think?
0: Uh, The first thought... L- okay, listen. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about the ending at one point, because I was basically reading along with uh, a wiki plot description while I was watching this. right. There's so many accents in this and so much mumbling.
1: <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say it's mumbling. Does
0: anybody enunciate in this thing? Uh,
1: Jessica Chastain.
0: Jessica Chastain does. Yeah. Surprised to see her in there as well with that dude who ends up, you know, getting, getting killed. Um, and I mean, look, the thoughts are going to be like twofold to an extent. The thoughts are going to be like about the production in general and what they had to work with. Because, I mean, this was in, like, the early days of what we consider, you know, mysteries, right? Like, Agatha Christie was an innovator in the genre. Which also means she was early. Which means things that now have been tweaked, improved upon, inspired by Agatha Christie over the past, you know, 70 years or whatnot. That's kind of what we're more accustomed to as a contemporary audience. So So when they find the body and... I don't know if this was after he, like, went in and was, like, restoring the burnt piece of paper or whatever, but dude goes on this, like, five minute expository info dump about who this guy's identity actually is. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not getting how you even, A, put together that he was this horrifying murderer, child murderer. And also, you are just, this is not. This is telling over showing right now. <laughs> like he's just, he's just talking for like five minutes about every detail of this, you know, horrible crime that this guy committed and all the deaths that came in its wake sort of thing. And I was like, well, that, that's good. Thank God you were here <laughs> to let us know that Poirot. Things like that are not the fault of the production. They are the fault of not fault, but I mean, it's just, it's what they had to work with. When I see things like that, it's like, no, oh, Okay. I will say crisis management is not what it, what it has become in this era.
1: No, it is not.
0: It's stuck in that snowdrift, And it's like, we got a murderer on train. I'm going to tell you everything. Passengers. Here's everything that's happened. There's a dead guy. The murderer is probably still on the train. Sit tight,
1: but he's the director of the line.
0: <laughs> just, just chill. I'm sure it's fine. We, we got a pudgy Belgian guy looking into it. It's cool. Don't turn on the people around you. Um, as it turns out. Not something that had to be worried about given ultimately who ended up killing the guy. Uh spoiler alert, it was everybody. Which I love. And I mean, yeah, that that, that was cool. I like that bit. Also, yeah, this train is apparently the worst mode of transportation ever. They get stuck in that snowdrift and the conductor's like, "Well, last time this happened, we were stuck for 9 days. Hopefully it's not that doesn't take that long again."
1: It's the only <laughs> mode of
0: transportation. <laughs> 9 days.
1: It's the only mode. You, what? How else are you going to walk there? you going to walk from, like, Budapest to London.
0: I'm going to say Homeboy didn't have a reason to go to Budapest in the first place.
1: What? He was traveling. It's what people did when they were fancy in the 30s.
0: <laughs> and that dude killed himself at the start of it. Like, spoilers for the last Poirot mystery, I guess. Um,
1: no, no, it was just for that. Just for that? Yeah, and the book, it, it he's coming from that
0: and what was the point of showing us that then?
1: It was about him having a very strict line of what he thinks is right and wrong.
0: Oh yeah, I guess. But then God, okay, Jordan. Listen, so many accents. Uh, <laughs> I also like that he talks to he talks about himself in the third person a lot, like the rock. Yeah. Just just to make so po- Poirot clerks. look just to make Poirot look like a fool. <laughs>
1: Your, your, uh, Belgian accent is on point though.
0: It's way better than my wubba wubba in it. Uh, yeah. yeah not not a lot of wubba wubba in it in this. Definitely a lot of. <laughs> Cause yeah, that director of the line and Poirot would talk. And I'm just like, serum is just all going past. That's why I had the wiki open. I was like, I'm catching like, I don't know if this is the fidelity, audio fidelity of the, uh. Of the stream I'm watching, or I don't know what, but it's just like shit was zipping past me. I'm like, I need Wikipedia. But this now leads into, I guess, sort of the ending, um, which you'd mentioned had been changed from the book. Because again, gaps in my cultural knowledge. Never read Agatha Christie. You know, know of the characters. Know of some of the more you know famous titles. You know, I'm familiar with the idea of Murder on the Orient Express, but I never like read the book or watched an adaptation. So as I'm reading along with the wiki and watching it at the same time, it's like, oh, it was everybody. That's cool. You, you know me. I don't care about spoilers. I care about how it you know, plays out and how the story is told. And so ultimately what happens is like, so the guy who was murdered was murdered by everybody because he was awful. And he was a child murderer. Yes. And everybody on the train had a tie-in to the family of the child who was murdered. And when the child and was f- murdered. And,
1: and felt some guilt.
0: Felt some guilt?
1: Yes. I did Everyone- not get that. Oh, yeah. Most of the people, there is some, something there, there, some reason why they felt some guilt.
0: Um, Because this guy went to trial for it, but he had like mafia connections and people were, you know, the prosecutor was threatened. So he got off. And the, it was, a, it was like a baby, wasn't it? That he ended up killing or like a five-year-old? A uh, f- five-year-old. Five-year-old. Um, so, so like he, both, the mom died can... of grief, the father killed himself, the nursemaid died was implicated, but then uh, acquitted, but the stress of it, she, lots of people killed themselves as a result of this out of grief. And everybody on the train has a tie to whether it's the actual family or the nursemaid's family or what have you, like everybody had a connection and wanted to see this dude dead. So where it's like, who's the actual killer? Well, it was all of them. And that's the, you know, innovation, I guess, of this that Christie contributed to the genre with this story. What happens in the end is uh, Poirot puts that together and what ends up, you know, they're still stuck on a train. <laughs> it's like, by the way, yeah, we all did it. Everyone on the train is like, we had a reason for it and we don't regret anything. And prickly Poirot is like, no, the rule of law has to be upheld. Blah, 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 blah. You had no right to do this. It's like, well, the law already failed us. So what do you expect us to do? Can you offer us any reason why he deserved to escape punishment? Um, and from what I read in the wiki, it suggested that Poirot let him off. Is that accurate? He, or Yes. He was like, oh, fine, fuck it. Um, I don't know what he did at the end of this movie. I ran it back like three times.
1: Oh, he he let them off at the end of the movie.
0: Did he? Yes. So I couldn't t- it looked like he was talking to the cops and then looked back at them and walked away. Um, so,
1: So I will explain then. In the book, he feels sorry for them and sort of agrees with them and is like, you guys have been through a lot. <laughs> I can see why you've taken the law into your own hands. Um, I I will not. I will go with the assassination um, sort of uh,
0: uh, story. Yeah, he proffers two theories when he finally pieces it together. It's like, well, there's. Yeah. There's the one possibility, which is there was an assassin on the train and he hopped out and he got away. And basically, that was what they were going with because they booked an extra empty spot on the train, which ends up getting inadvertently taken by Poirot. Yes. He ends up on the train.
1: Yes. And then and and for that, there is like a button from a coat that they find that sort of placed there to implicate that someone snuck on when they had made the stop along the route um, he'd snuck on as a, as a a train. I don't know what you call them, a train lad, um, and a train bellhop. I don't, I don't know what
0: you call they it. stopped at one point because they had to like you know defrost the gears or something. They weren't yeah. stuck uh, in the uh, in the snowdrift yet, but they did stop for a moment.
1: Yeah, and there were people sort of coming on and off the train, and uh, so that was sort of like the premise that they had kind of put forward. the the group of them who had planned this, that there was this assassin and he must have snuck on and there was a jacket. And, but there was a, like a, a, that was the jacket you saw at the end, but there was a button that had fallen off, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. So in, in the book, he's very much like, you know, I can see why you did this. I'll go with this assassination version. Basically you guys shouldn't be punished in this version. He's much more reluctant to be like, You're, you guys are right. You just killed a man. It's fine. <laughs> he fights with it and he tells them, no, I'm going to tell them the truth. And then the, um, the Jessica Chastain character comes to him and sort of pleads. And then he kind of has a flip-flopping moment. And when he talks to the police, you can see him with the jacket. Yeah. Saying, like, basically pointing to the button basically saying it was an a, an assassin
0: he escaped we found this button blah 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 we
1: yeah yeah he must have snuck on this way
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah blah 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 and then that's why he sort of looks at him and then when he sort of walks off and he has his um rosary is because he's sort of trying to figure out whether he did the right thing and and that's why sort of religion plays a bit of a role and um mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they take a moment to show him, like, praying and saying, yeah, and at saying the beginning, his creed at the his nightly prayer and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and it's the whole sort of story in this um, remake of it is about uh, justice. And where we find justice and what kind of justice can let us down. And religious justice and justice in different um, civilizations or justice in different... Um, Cultures and, yeah, it's, it's all about justice. And basically taking justice into your own hands. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I really like the story because it, it is interesting and it's fun. And I loved the camera work because it made you feel at times like you were on the train. And it was kind of claustrophobic and shaky. Mm. And it had this motion to it. Um, and kind of this feeling of of not having anywhere to go, yeah. But I, that's one of the reasons I like I like this version so much. Also, David Suchet—that's like, he's just amazing. He's so much fun.
0: So prickly. Yeah. No,
1: uh, not a, egg, fun, not egg, a fun hang. Um, I would like two boiled eggs of the, the same, same size. The same
0: size, yeah. That's the moment <laughs> I was like, Bruh.
1: and then and then he measures them.
0: Oh, I missed that. part.
1: Yeah, he measures them and then nods to the the server.
0: Yeah, Poirot's a real fun hang. Um, Yeah. So you have no interest in this this remake?
1: Okay, so the the remake, um, the cast looks incredible. It's a
0: ridiculous cast, yeah.
1: Absolutely incredible. Um, Just give me one second. I'm just going to pull it up.
0: No, I, I can go off memory for some of them. I don't know who's playing what, but some of the names I saw in there. Daisy Ridley is in there. Yep. Uh, Johnny Depp is playing the uh the victim. Yes. Um I don't remember any of the others offhand. But... Um
1: Penelope Cruz. Oh yeah, Penelope
0: Cruz is in there. I did see that.
1: Judy Dench. <laughs> Willem Dafoe
0: <laughs> Willem Dafoe.
1: Yep.
0: damn. And uh, uh
1: Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: Oh right, I did saw that too, yeah.
1: Leslie Autumn Jr. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's from Hamilton. That's fine. <laughs>
0: Oh, the play, not the city. Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was like big local news that some dude was, no. some dude was <laughs> in this adaptation. Um, and yeah, taking over the role of your beloved David Suchet, Suchet is uh, Kenneth Branagh, who is also directing it.
1: Which is a problem.
0: How is um, Kenneth Branagh a problem?
1: Okay. A, he's a smarmy ass. No, it isn't. That is a problem. He is—he is, <laughs> is not.
0: Issue with
1: the <laughs> he is not a little bel- Belgian man. Um, he is not chubby and delightful. Um, his mustache is disgusting. It's this weird beard mustache thing.
0: It's fucking rugged.
1: Oh, it's disgusting. He—he um, he doesn't look anything like he should. And also, it's Kenneth Branagh who's just the worst, and I hate looking at him and want to smack him and Goodness. i don't think he i i really dislike him
0: listeners i was not expecting this
1: i i really dislike him and it looked really good and his voice was great and then i saw his face and i just got really angry <laughs> yeah yeah that's my that's the the analysis of the trailer i have
0: hottest takes on
1: <laughs> it was all 2017's
0: and- murder on the orient express
1: it was all great until until Kenneth Brenna ruined it. Um, the one, the good thing is they decided to make this movie after David Suchet basically retired the role. <laughs> so that's I, I've got that at least.
0: Well, and you have nine hundred hours of David Suchet. You can sort through. You've got twenty. <laughs> really, like- you've got twenty years of David Suchet. You can go through if you're feeling some kind of way about it.
1: Oh, it's just is fantastic. But the only problem with uh, Murder on the Orient Express in my opinion, um the the 2010 a- adaptation mm-hmm. is that his faithful companion Hastings is not there. That's the only problem.
0: He has a faithful companion
1: named Hastings mm. who is wonderful.
0: I thought I read on Wikipedia too that like Ag- Agatha old, a- you know, Aggie. Uh, Aggie. Christie was way over him as a character like early.
1: Oh yeah. But he like she was, was so like, popular. He, he's an
0: arrogant little prick and I don't want to write him anymore. But
1: yeah, he was really she, I popular. Think she, I think she called him a creep. He was like, <laughs> he's a gross creep and I don't want to write him anymore. Um, but he was so popular that – and she, I, I think I brought it up before. She was very much an entertainer mm. and thought of herself as, as a writer, as, as someone who entertains others.
0: Got to give the people um, what they want.
1: Exactly. So she just kept on writing. Even though she really liked Miss Marple better – they're just people really loved Poirot because, you know, fun times. and was <laughs> even before David Suchet. It's just crazy.
0: It's a, it's a good hang. Not at all. Yeah. But, uh It's like a seven.
1: A seven? Oh, wow. I am surprised. So there are some things you did like about it.
0: I didn't. I mean, am I going to, like, settle into <laughs> 20 years of David Suchet as a cute plateau? No, I'm probably not. But uh, I was very surprised by the caliber of casting in this i don't know the name of the guy who played the victim but you know him he's been in a million things um, oh,
1: um I've, I've got him right here toby jones
0: toby jones sure i think his name's david morrison he played the governor on walking dead he's in there
1: uh hugh bonneville
0: oh yeah that that's like there was someone else i knew in there yes uh oh god what's his name downton abbey
1: yes i don't know the, i can't remember his the, name.
0: the lord of downton abbey yes he plays he plays the butler, and even the the actors I didn't know were fine. I did, like, the... I, I, I like trains.
1: <laughs> I also like trains.
0: I like trains. Uh, I know I, I would love to re- travel on a train for, like, days where I get a little sleep compartment and things like that. I think that'd be really fun. Like, when I started it, I'm sure I was expecting, like, the stodgiest of experiences, because, like I said, this is the shit that's on Sunday nights at your grandma's house. That it's just on on in the background after dinner. But it was... <laughs> relative term it was more fun than i was expecting i still listen the accents were a lot and i had to re-long to understand what the hell was going on because i knew if i wasn't this was just gonna go whiz completely past me <laughs> but it was fine it was cool it wasn't i'm i'm being generous because it wasn't as bad as i was expecting it to be
1: well i'm i'm glad it you had such a low yeah, the low bar, and it and it met and maybe like, exceeded that low bar. Like
0: she sent me a fucking Poirot movie. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: yeah, I did.
0: It's back when back when A and E actually stood for Arts and Entertainment.
1: Oh man, it was ages ago. I used to love when I could just like flip to them, and and the good the good Sherlock was on, and Poirot was on, and Miss bar- Marple. Oh, so good.
0: She loved them mysteries, y'all.
1: I do. I really, really do. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Well, I'm great. I'm really glad to hear that. That's great. And we should probably move on.
0: Moving on. Like I said before the break, you're probably confused, friends. You're like, he went in on this. He did not like it. I have complex feelings about this show. Having seen the majority of what is out now. And mostly... As Caitlin has said, sometimes regarding American Gods and Wonder Woman as well, and as I said about this show, I'm just curious if my brain is broken. So I gave it to Caitlin, not as like a hearty endorsement, but as a like, I'm just curious if you, if I'm totally wrong on this. So we are revisiting My Hero Academia. To recap, if you did not make it to the final moments of our two and a half hour long beast of an episode last week, My Hero Academia is a, started in 2016, it's on its second season now is based on a manga by Kohei Horikoshi. It is the, uh, the marquee feature of Shonen Jump right now, holding a spot previously held by titles like Naruto and One Piece and Bleach it is the, is the top Shonen du jour. It's the, it's the, it's the buzzworthy Shonen show. The hype for this show is deafening right now. Um, the second season has really sort of amped up awareness about this show. And like I said, at Anime North, Tons of fan art, tons of cosplay. Geek Down here, Amelia Cook, asked me on Twitter, was I watching it? She hoped I was. She adores this show. And I went into it, and I watched it, and I went, y'all are high. <laughs> this show is not that good. Uh, so to recap, show is about a world where everyone, they don't explain how, but basically one day uh, in China, I believe it was, a baby is born glowing with light. Shortly after that, uh, people started developing extra-normal abilities, which they call quirks. And like 80% of the population has them. And as as you do, uh, superheroes and supervillains start emerging. And our protagonist is a boy named Izuku Mid- Midoriya, and all he wants to do... Is he's a total fanboy? He just wants to be a hero so bad. He wants to be a superhero. Can't wait for his quirk to develop. He idolizes the essentially Superman of this world, a guy named All Might, who is uh, sa- saving saving people with a smile, the symbol of peace and justice. All Might, just super strong, always jumps into the heat of the heat of danger, nary a care with a smile on his face. Izuku idolizes this guy. Wants to be just like him. Can't wait for his quirk to develop so he can start down that path. One problem, he's quirkless. Has no quirk. Um, things happen, he ends up getting a quirk. And he enrolls in the high school. Because it's a shonen. Of course and, he does. it's a in, and what else are you going to do? So, again, I was very outspoken about how much I wasn't impressed with this show. Not that I hated it. There were certain things I hated. As we will remember. Bakugo, the rival character, the guy who makes explosions with his hands. I would love to be able to impersonate the only gear he operates in, but it's going to sound racist because I don't know Japanese. But it's like everything he says is just like, He's only got one gear. It's the only way he sounds in every single scene he's in. He's always just so mad. He calls people extras because he's the star of his own story. Like, he's a fucking narcissist piece of shit. And the the world of fandom wants me to believe that this is a very nuanced character. I'm going to go out on a limb. Caitlin hasn't even met this guy yet. If y'all are putting Bakugo over Todoroki, you're high. Anyway, I don't need to rant about this show again. I have very complex feelings about this show because I think in the later season, it's starting to do things more right. But in the early episodes... Mm. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Am I wrong about My Hero Academia?
1: You are not wrong. Oh, yes, y'all.
0: vindicated You're not wrong. Vindicating.
1: Vindication. Uh, sorry, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, so, probably the, the the most glaring problem is Izuku. Is it Izuku?
0: Just call him Deku. Everybody calls him Deku.
1: Deku. We're just going to call him Deku. Um, He is unbelievably whiny. And I would never want to say that about a character. Because I'm a whiny person. And I feel like we get a bad rap. (laughs) I'm just very sensitive. I'm emotional. And that's fine for a character to be. But he's not even... He's not even just emotional. He's just whiny. And everything is like... Everything is too much for him to handle. Um, and for some reason, that grates. And I think part of it is actually the character design. I hate his character design. Hmm. I hate it.
0: See, that's a matter I, of taste. I actually like a lot of the artwork and character design on this show.
1: I don't like him. I love All Might's character design.
0: Really? I was the exact opposite!
1: Really, I love when he gets deflated. It just it reminds me of... Oh, um... The Max television show? Mm. Uh um, that's going back... <laughs> well into the 90s. Um, it's kind of this weird angular, but he's, like, the only one who's like that. Yeah. I don't like his, his, like, big buff form, but I love his, like, deflate... At first I didn't, but then... In, like, the second or third episode, I started to really enjoy his deflated f- form.
0: He's always laughing blood. So, okay, for the <laughs> listeners... <laughs> yes! The, the thing is, um... The symbol of peace and justice, you know, the unstoppable hero, he was really kind of gravely injured at one point. Um yeah. and had to undergo a lot of surgeries and had some organs removed, and so he cannot maintain his you know, buff I think I think he likens it to this, and I said it last week that like it's his power is basically like you know, you cinch your butt cheeks and you kind of inflate and get super strong and powerful. Um he can't do it for the length of time that he was previous. He's only good for about three hours a day Mm -hmm. at this point. So he has been looking for a successor. He ends up choosing Deku as a successor because, you know, surprise in a moment where everybody didn't know what to do, little quirkless Deku like ran off to try and do something. He wasn't able to do anything because he has no power, but you know, he, he displayed heroic intent. And that really impressed all might that he just acted without thinking to try to help somebody else. Um, So he chooses Deku as his successor to get his, He can pass on his quirk. His quirk was passed on to him, and he has chosen to pass it on to Deku.
1: And I mean, Deku definitely has some very redeeming features. Um, He's the you know he's the main character. He should have, but I just there are some. It's weird because there's like bits and pieces I really like. I like that his mom gains weight. Yeah. And she doesn't look the exact same as she did when they do flashbacks of him when he was a kid. Um, I love the the laughing blood of All Might. <laughs> like, because the, of his weird... injury, whenever
0: he busts out laughing, it's just a stream of blood comes out of his mouth. Yeah.
1: Um, and I love that like Deku like totally gets freaked out about this. <laughs> Bakugo is a problem. He's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy, crazy sociopath.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: dangerous sociopath. He tells he tells Deku to commit suicide. Like he just and like that's a huge problem. And I know you're gonna find out like he I don't know, he has some horrible family and he turns into a villain. Oh no.
0: Here's the thing. This show oh. has offered no reason for why he's like that.
1: Maybe they're saving it. Maybe the his
0: closest thing you have up to this point is just when his quirk, like, manifests, he gets, like, overpraised. People are like, oh my god, that's a great quirk. You're going to be, like, you know, the best hero in the world. He's like, fuck yeah, I am. So for anybody to, like, you know, conflict with that narrative he's built in his head is, like, incomprehensible to him. Inconceivable.
1: Well, or maybe you'll find out that his quirk happened and his whole house burnt down and everyone in
0: it. Well, so you better get something. Know. Listen, because... And this is why I'm comparing it to this guy, Todoroki, who... Listen. Uh,
1: is Todoroki the one with the like weird jet engines on the back of his calves?
0: No, that's Ida. I love him. Oh. Um, <laughs> he gets way better. He's kind of a jerk in the first episodes, but... Um, yes. Todoroki, I, you... Well, answer this question, because you said... I thought this conversation was going to go much differently, because you said earlier that you watched episode five. I did. Why'd you keep watching?
1: Because I want... Okay. Legitimately, I wanted... Um, Deku to upset Bakugo. Mm. Like I just wanted Bakugo <laughs> to get punched or like feel awful about Deku being so amazing, and it didn't really happen. And I was kind of interested in how the powers manifested because I really don't. He doesn't get them until episode three. No. Um, and he has to eat the hair, which was also I thought kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and then oh yeah, and then cute girl is just too cute. I felt she's like this so cute was cute though. It was it, but it's cute Food Wars girl all over again who like uh She's I never just,
0: she's never gonna sploosh though, it's not Food Wars.
1: I know. Except giant girl, they the first thing they do is aim in on her butt. Yeah. Um But hey, at least it wasn't her vagina. I mean, there's some progress there. Woo. Um and I she's just I'm just sick of like this this cute Girl, t- can we just have a normal personality? Just one normal girl with one normal personality, not either unbelievably mean for no reason, but in love with the main character, or <laughs> ridiculously cute um, and like can't function in the real world.
0: There's a trope in anime <laughs> called the Genki Girl. I don't know if Ochaku Ochako uh, falls exactly in the Genki Girl paradigm, but. She In the first season, she's... And this is why I'm saying I have complicated feelings about this show. Because the second season is like a sports festival arc in the first half. I don't know what's going to happen in the second half. I think they're going 22 episodes a season. So we're not even at the halfway point yet. And you get so much more from the other characters. Like, the Bakugo Deku thing is, like, minimal. It's more about... Like I said, this Todoroki, I don't even know if you would have seen. He may have just appeared in the background or in, like, the opening credits. He's the dude who, like half his hair is red and he's got a mark on his face.
1: No, I don't remember. him.
0: He probably didn't do much. His whole thing is he's got his right hand can freeze and his left hand can use fire. And he is the result of what they refer to as a quirk marriage, where, because the more successful, you know, they start to touch on the world at large and these, you know, hero agencies that hire these graduates, To become sidekicks to pro heroes and the better you perform the more money you make Um, and all might is the top and Todoroki's dad his name's Endeavor he's the fire hero um, has perennially been second to all might so Todoroki was basically bred in a loveless marriage to be a vessel to surpass all might that's a reason to be a jerk yeah that's a reason to have a chip on your shoulder like as a character he is nine thousand times better and he doesn't even hate deku he hates his dad <laughs> and his whole thing is like he never wants to fight with his left hand like he puts that he hates his dad so much he never wants to use his power to succeed like he's so much more layered than bakugo who's just like i'm gonna be the best and he does he always yells oh he yells <laughs> one, everything he's so
1: angry so angry like I as a professor or a teacher would be like this child needs counseling yeah. <laughs> because he's violent and dangerous
0: you would not and... let Bakugo go into the school with the rest of the same people
1: no no and yeah anyways uh, yeah and again, so there the... were some good things but also some ridiculous things that I was like eh, I'm not feeling it
0: it's like are both of our brains broken because like Amelia gave like a f- 15 tweet explanation on why she thinks bakugo is a great character and i'm like how he's shown Um, nothing and i'm caught up now and he's still shown nothing
1: this is the um oh what's it called super important anime um after sailor moon all about uh princess roses utena yeah that's the one utena i still get comments (laughs) from people being like
0: how did you not like utena And
1: Caitlyn apparently has issues in judgment because of her lack of love for Utena. Um, I didn't like it. There's just, I, I'm used to this by now because there are things people love that I'm just like, no. And then there are things I love. Take Poirot or (laughs) uh, murder. She wrote. And people are like, Oh, I don't know why you like this. So I, I don't know what to tell you. Welcome to the club, I guess.
0: (laughs) And it's like I said last week, like, if you have, if, like, superheroes have been your jam for most of your life, there is nothing in the first season of the show that's going to surprise you. You know he's going to get in to the school. There's well, no... he has to. There's no I tension like... there. And I, I knew how he was going to get into the school. He's going to so whip it yeah. out at the last minute, and they're going to, like, respect the, how why he busted out his power. You know, You know he's going to get... You knew he was going to get in. You knew he's going to end up competing against bakugo and something but he's gonna like pull it out the last minute while getting his ass kicked like you know it's just that's why i'm enjoying the second season more because you're seeing more of these secondary characters who are like i don't know the 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 manga artist is like in the original story like felt he had more leeway with them like they don't have to ascribe exactly to like the shonen tropes and i know this get this show's getting held up as like breaking a bunch of shonen tropes like it's interesting that you say you found deco so whiny because he gets held up as like you know a he's showing a shonen audience you know a side of masculinity that's you don't see from a shonen protagonist
1: i am all fine with people like i said being emotional or crying um but all his crying is like devastated crying every time
0: they even... It's not
1: like he's he's getting a little like verklempt or like something really important happens and he like really lets it go. He's like every single time he's like gasping on the floor, <laughs> and I'm like, he just said hi to you. <laughs> like I don't understand.
0: I feel like maybe even in the second season they start to acknowledge that a little bit. There's a bit where they had to form teams and um, it's like a what they call a cavalry battle where basically it's like people are piggybacking. backing three people are carrying a fourth on their shoulders and you're trying to like snag headbands off of people. And because uh, of events, Deku is worth the most points. So like nobody wants to be teammates with him because he has a target on his back and he ends up finding his fourth person. And when they say yes, that's either when they say yes or when they realize that they didn't come in last, that they did better than they thought they were going to do. Deku starts crying, but they do it in such a way that like, the force of his tears have literally pushed him into the floor. (laughs) Like, it's just like a psych, it's just like a sight gag type of thing. And I was like, see, okay, uh, I'm here for that. Like second season to first season is like night and day, but it's a slog on that first season, especially the early episodes.
1: And you talk about this all the time. If you have to watch more than three hours or play more than three hours or right. You shouldn't need an entire season to get into something. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: And I was just like knowing that I'm clearly the outlier, the critical outlier on this show that from everything that I can see, I've just been watching it to be like, what am I missing? I will get caught up. So there's, so I'm not speaking about something. I don't know. Nothing I like in this show is the, are the things that everybody wants me to like. (laughs) I think I said the end credits, I put this on Twitter, the end credits of the second season are like just about the girls. So it's like shots of, Ochako and the frog girl and the pink skinned alien looking girl and the invisible girl, just like their training or them hanging out outside of school type of thing. And I said, it's like, I watched the end credits and I'm like, this is the earth two version of the show. I wish I was watching instead of the one I actually am. <laughs> um, I would much rather watch that show about those characters. Cause I like them all so much better.
1: Or watch a show about a kid who doesn't get powers like everyone else and has to work through some shit.
0: And they touch on parts of that as well. There's a, when they get, they get to the sports festival, you find out like, it's not just their class. There's like a secondary hero course. There's a support. There's a general course for just people with quirks who didn't get into the main course. There's a support course of people who are like develop gadgets. Basically. There's like a steampunky type of vibe girl who her jam is. She just, her quirk is not useful for combat, but she's, like, a genius for making gadgets. Um, and there's even, like, a business course <laughs> with these, yeah, people who he, are, these people who are, like, how are we going to market these heroes?
1: He could have gotten, like... And, and that was the other thing. Like, they talked about police officers and firefighters and stuff. And they were like, oh, people mock them because they just have, you know, bad guys at their doorstep. But firefighters have a real serious, like, job to do. And it's important... And don't downplay the role of firefighters. Like, maybe that's the story. He doesn't have powers, and he has to go and become a firefighter.
0: Hey, listen, and... when you deal with cops in a world of superheroes, you know what you get? Gotham Central. And that was a great fucking book. So,
1: Yeah. There you go. See? So, I just... Yeah. There's just... When you watch a lot of anime, and I have only done that because... I wouldn't even say a lot... But I've just watched enough that I'm like, ah, oh, there are just so many things that are just the same. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think you're wrong, as you like to say, "Come at us." Um.
0: I've even, like I said, I've even softened because as the show has kind of moved away from like, Bakugo's had like three scenes in this in this season, and at least and <laughs> in, and in all of them, there's been a moment where, like. Spoilers for the current season, if you care. Spoilers for the current season, if you care. They get to one on one uh round robin kind of like, you know, bracketed one on one matches at this point. It's like the final event in the sports festival. Mm-hmm. And the first match is not the first match, but but it's but in the first round, it's Bakugo versus uh the nice girl. So her thing I don't even know if you've really seen her cork much, she's like anti-gravity. She touches something, it floats. Right. Um so she's like, you know, in the waiting room, she's really tense and everybody's like, Jesus Christ, is he going to kill her type of thing? Because I enjoy the fact that the classmate, the classmates make fun of Bakugo all the time. Not that he cares, but they're just like, why are you so angry all the time? And Deku goes to see her and he's like, because Deku's whole thing as well, because he's such a fanboy, he's like been super analytical. Like he's got a brain right. for these sorts of things. And sometimes he can find a way. Cause the whole thing is he can't control the quirk. It like destroys his body right now, every time he tries to use it. So a lot of, he spends a lot of time analyzing other people's quirks to try and like exploit weaknesses and things like that. So maybe he doesn't have to like break his arm in 50 places to like, you know, get through a competition. Um, mm-hmm. and he runs down to go see her and kind of like the guy who can run fast and the nice girl and Deku are all kind of like a trio of friends. And he runs down there and he's like, listen, it's really rough, but I, you know, I kind of made a plan about how you could, you know, try to, uh, try to hold your own against Bakugo. And she's basically like, thanks, but I'm probably relying on you too much. And I need to do it. I need to do it myself. Um, because there was a moment earlier when they asked the guy who can run fast to be on their cavalry team. And he's like, I know we're friends, but I mean, I'm trying to be the top two. So I need to know that I can beat you, um, type of thing. And she's inspired by that. So when he comes down with the plan, she's like, No, I can't. I got to try to do this on my own. Um, And you know she's going to get beat. But I'm just watching this episode like, I just want that moment where he doesn't expect it. Just let her have a moment where she catches him off guard. And basically as they go through the battle, she keeps trying to get her... She's like, if I can touch him, he can't do anything. Because if I can touch him, I can make him float and he won't be able to do anything. So it's basically like she keeps relentlessly running at him to try and touch him. And he keeps kind of like blasting her off. And then you realize right at the end... That she's been luring him into like blowing up half the stage. And while he's been doing that, she's been touching the debris. And there's a moment where she's just kind of like, and he looks up and there's like tons of rock above him.
1: Oh, nice.
0: And she's like, like release. And he has to like, you know, spend himself to try and blast all this shit away, which he does. Cause he's the unstoppable back ago. Um, and she basically, he doesn't beat her. She kind of like collapses from strain. Like, she just kind of can't go on. Um, and that's all I wanted. I just wanted that moment where it's like, just g- give him a moment. Just don't let him have it easy. <laughs> just don't hand it to him. And they didn't do that, which, you know, you knew he was going to win, but he didn't mop the floor with her.
1: But shouldn't you not know he's going to win? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, if you <laughs> want to good touche. show. Touche. Anyways, so I'm going to give the show a, a five.
0: A Five barely a 5. pass 5? my hero yeah. academia doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things y'all are out there y'all are loving it you're gonna keep loving it do not you don't give a fuck what the hell we say but maybe maybe take a more critical look at it
1: and maybe you know what maybe just end up watching something else like um, murder on the orient express
0: or moving on to updates
1: your horizons
0: moving on to updates you know what you could be watching what recreators you know which what's, you know what's <sighs> fucking awesome What? Recreators. And has all the feels? Spurred by a listener and friend of the show, Misha Hanman. I had not been caught up on Recreators. Uh, Misha informed us that after listening to our discussion of it, he ended up kind of binging everything that was available in like three days and had all the feels. I'm like, (laughs) interesting. I don't recall any feels in that, but I'm a few episodes behind. I should get caught up. Oh, God, the feels. And I can't even get into it because Caitlin probably wants to get back to it at some point. I, I don't want to spoil I it for do. It. I do.
1: I actually have been... It's one of the things I do really want to... I mean, I say that a lot where I'll probably watch it eventually. But this I really, really want to watch. I'm really curious. And I really liked that show. So I do want to keep on watching it.
0: I mean, I will... Where? It's it's a mild spoiler, but not that much. It's not, it's not the huge spoiler for the last few episodes. Um, There is a moment where like they f- figure out you will recall in early episodes they're trying to like augment Celestia by like changing her story Yes, and it's where they figure out they, they need to like get people behind it mm-hmm. Um, and it's a moment where like things look dire and then they're like rapidly posting it online where her creator is like I'm gonna do this what do people think and you just see like the likes and retweets starting to pour in and right as like those numbers keep going up suddenly it's just whoosh, And she's like engulfed in flames. And she like levels up to fucking super saiyan. And I'm like,
1: yes, (laughs) I was hoping that would happen.
0: Such a dope like moment and playing in that like meta storytelling stuff that you were like super into when you, when you watched it. Yeah. The show is, it has not been bad at all. And it's doing something. I don't know what it's going to do.
1: See, see, that is a good show. Yes, That's a good show.
0: The, the connection of soda to the military uniform princess, I thought I knew what it was going to be. Wasn't exactly that. They tweaked it. It was a little different. That's that's all I want. Just give me something that's not obvious from like episode one, how it's going to go.
1: See, they can do it. You just have to pay them more. You There's hear that, Japan?
0: Hope for all of you. Yeah, it's Just as a blanket rule, pay animators more. Uh, I have a few yeah. more updates. Do you have anything that you've been watching besides Wonder Woman?
1: Um, we totally, of course, watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Another fantastic season.
0: You don't say. I also watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
1: It was fantastic.
0: It's pretty good.
1: I just... It's its one of the shows that has the most consistent writing. To me. Um, it always makes me laugh. It always makes me happy. Um, so I love watching it.
0: I That's actually, why I
1: consume so much of it.
0: I actually had to... Uh, hey friend had texted me and I had to uh, chide her for texting me while I'm recording because I happily my snort didn't come up on the microphone it was a gif of Captain Holt saying "Now, on a personal note I have some thoughts on Beyonce's lemonade I'd like to share (laughs) because I love Captain Uh, Holt so much
1: so much vindication
0: Uh, yeah I also I also got caught up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine it was very good um Recreators, finished House of Cards. Meh.
1: Meh. I have never started watching. That. I know you never. Have started. you seen the British House of Cards?
0: I started it. It's on Netflix too, and I think I watched the first episode. But either the uh, the wubba wubba, or my ignorance of the uh, British parliamentary system was just I didn't really, too much? Know. I really, really didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> ah. But the ending, ah. I know the ending of it, and that's very useful if you're watching the uh, the American House of Cards. If if they end it the same way, that'll be kind of nuts and they might given how uh given how this last season ended up as i said the last time we talked about it i always found the shore more interesting when he was chasing power and now basically he is uh to try and stop try and save himself from prosecution he basically kind of quit he's like listen i learned the power isn't about who's sitting in here like it's the powers out there he goes to some like you know what do they call that the, you know, the Illuminati organization, the something skulls or something, right. skull and bones, uh, he goes to one of those kind of like Illuminati meetings, and he's like, well, these are the people actually pulling the screen- strings, it doesn't matter who's the president, so he thinks he's going to like, you know, duck out, and is going to become president, and give him a pardon, and everything's going to be easy peasy, lemon and squeezy, and she's like, kind of dragging her heels on giving him the pardon, and... <laughs> It just kind of ends with her. the The thing throughout the series is Spacey always monologues to the camera and breaks the fourth wall. And this ed, season ends with you know her in the oval and she looks up at the camera and is like, "My turn," which is ter- oh snap, which is terrible writing. But but I will watch Robin write in a pencil skirt do anything, anything.
1: She was great, in Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, it's the role she was born to play. <laughs> Clear underwear gives me the weirdest boners, you guys.
1: Okay, that's um, probably TMI for today.
0: <laughs> it's so hot.
1: We're allowed to say anything because it's hot. <laughs> yep. Oh, good times. Follow
0: that GeekDown Twitter at GeekDownPod. You can email us if you have opinions about My Hero Academia, and I'm sure you all do. It's at geekdownpod at com, or you can get at us on our Facebook group: www.facebook.com dot
1: dot
0: forward slash GeekDownPod. Hate you so much, Skype. <laughs> So because we hate Skype, we're going to end this episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, friends, as you do every week. It does mean the world to us, even listening to our shitty Skype episodes. We'll be back here next week, not on Skype, in person. In person. Live and direct. And we hope you will join us for that one as you do every week. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: And my name is Caitlin McKinnon.
0: Theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we will be back here next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down podcast. See you then. What's up, Geeky D's? What's the name of the show? <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier when you're here.